The word this morning is something very, very important for you and for me. So, what we need to do is that we need to really concentrate on what God wants to speak to us. This is something very, very important. Last Sunday, we spoke, Kevin spoke about being born again. And we had, of course, my friend gave his life to the Lord. So he had a born again experience. <clears throat> when we have this born again experience, we are new babes. And we cannot remain in that condition all the time. We cannot be a baby all the time. We need to grow, which is important. My topic this morning is the God, the goal of discipleship is spiritual transformation. The transformation has to happen within us. I want to give you two little scenarios before I explain the word and then try to explain to you what God wants each one of us to understand today as we go from here. Imagine for a moment that you're going to watch the great rugby game that has ever been played. Imagine also that you are a young kid about maybe six or seven years old and you're wearing an all black rugby t-shirt, a small t-shirt and you're going there and because you're so fascinated by this game that you go one hour before and because you have gone one hour before you see this huge stadium, the Eden Park which has a capacity about 50,000 or so or less, I'm not sure Thousands of seats all empty. And then you watch the people coming into the stands. The stands are being filled. And then you see people cheering the people who are really actively playing the rugby game. There is in the field 30 people totally engaged totally involved in playing the game. But you as a small little boy or a lady, you're watching as a fan, but not engaged in the game. What I want to take you is that the child will grow because he has been a fan, because he has watched the game, he wants to be inside to really enjoy and to be a part of that, to be all in. Today, do you want to be all in for Jesus? Do you? And that's the question I'm asking myself. Lord, do I want to be all in? This is important for you and for me. 
before we go further one scripture which spoke into my heart which i want to explain by word so that we are all on one platform as we really gather as to what the lord wants to speak to us 2 corinthians chapter 5 verses 5 to 11 goes like this now he who has prepared us for this very thing is god who also has given us a spirit as a guarantee so what is this word saying is saying so when we are born again he has given us a spirit when we are born again so last week we experienced harry being born again so when he is born again when you and i are born again he gives us a guarantee and what's the guarantee the guarantee is the holy spirit which is in us and that's the guarantee so every time we know that we are born again there is in us the holy spirit so that's the guarantee that he has given so the next verse is so we are always confident that while we are at home in the body we are absent from the lord but we walk by faith so how do we walk by faith we walk by faith because there is a spirit within us though we don't see him we are confident because there is a spirit within us we need to understand that then the next verse says we are confident yes well pleased rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the lord so we are absent in the body we are present how we are present because the spirit within us is a guarantee because of that we are present with the lord therefore we make it our aim whether present or absent to be well pleasing to him so in other words we are saying okay lord whether it is present or not present we are in you why because we have the spirit within us because the holy spirit is in us which is which is therefore we know that we are present with you because we have the holy spirit in us now this this part of the word is very important for you and for me to understand so please concentrate it's important for we must all appear before the judgment seat of christ that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done whether good or bad now i'll read that again so that we need to understand these are this is scripture this scripture <clears throat> for we must all appear before the judgment seat of christ that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done whether good or bad so all of us every one of us will be in front of the judgment seat why because jesus came he did all this for us and now he has given us now we have the holy spirit in us as a guarantee we have this spirit in us as a guarantee so what are we doing with it so we are accountable to the lord for what he has given and that's why the born again that's why the grace and so on so which i will explain as we go on so look at the next verse the next verse says knowing therefore the terror of the lord we persuade men 
We are well known to God and I also trust are well known in your conscience. See, as much as we are well known to the Lord, we are well known to our conscience right within. We are well known here. Why? We are guided by Him. And that's what relates to you and me. It's important. So if we understand this particular verse, then we will know why we need to be transformed. So if you follow, if you have followed this carefully and understand this word, then you and I will want to know why we have to be transformed, why it is important to be transformed. So when we are transformed, when we are in the process of transformation in us, there is something which happens in our lives which I am going to talk to you about. Okay, to understand that fact, I will also tell you a simple story that all of us know. And that's the story of the prodigal son. And in the story of the prodigal son, he was in the dead zone. He was in the dead zone. So when he goes out, what happened? He's still the dead son. He's the prodigal son. But he made a choice to be out of home. He made a choice and he takes the goods and he, he takes his inheritance and he moves out. And he thought to himself, what he took with him will give him all the joys and the pleasures in what he did. And that was the desire of the body. The desire of the body is the world, the desires of the world which the body will say that will give you satisfaction. And he goes. And he did not find the satisfaction until such time he had to eat the pig's food. It came to a point where he ate the pig's food that he realized he came to his senses. When he came to his senses, that's when he came to know who he was. So the born again experience will bring you and me to that senses where you are. That you are truly living in this earth for a purpose and a plan. That we need to understand. We, if we truly understand that we are born for a purpose into this world, that's when that kicks in. It kicks in to know, yes, my senses will work. To understand and know that we, you and I, have a purpose. Otherwise, what happens is that we always want to satisfy something of the flesh because that is the world. We are truly different people in the world. Are we coming to understand that? We need to understand that if we have to move forward in what is born in us. And that's when the transformation can happen in you and me. Do we understand that, church? That's the basic thing for me to teach you what transformation is. So, the first thing that we want to learn this morning is this. His word is written in our hearts. His word is written in our hearts. I have put in brackets tablets of flesh. 
2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 2 to 3 goes like this. You are an epistle written in our hearts, known and read by all men. Clearly, you are an epistle of Christ ministered by us, written not with ink, but by the Spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of flesh, that is, of the heart. So, what is written in our hearts, what is written in our hearts is written with not tablets of not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of flesh. I want to explain this a little more. When the Ten Commandments were given, how was the Ten Commandments given? The Ten Commandments were given on tablets. And who gave the Ten Commandments? God gave the Ten Commandments. How was the Ten Commandments written? The Ten Commandments were written by the hand of God. And now, how was it written by the hand of God? It was written on tablets which were what? Outside. So that's the difference that we're talking. The tablets were, the Word of God was written on the tablets which were outside. Why does the scripture say that it was written on tablets of stone? Because it was inscribed upon an object that was external and, and living and not in human lives. So, the word which was written was written outside and was not living. It was external. So everything that they did in during the Ten Commandments time, was outside. It was placing outside. Everything was outside. The tablets were written outside. Consequently, it could not bring life. It never brought life. It only brought death. There was no life. There was only death. There was no transforming lives. The law would function as the perfect standard, revealing our unholiness and unconvincing or convicting us of our need. So it was a standard convicting us of our needs. But what happens here? There was something which happened. Jesus, he came and he made the standard for you and for me. That standard was made by Jesus for you and me. That's the new covenant. The new covenant message of God's grace is written on human hearts. So, that word is written in our human hearts by Jesus because of what Jesus did. That's the grace on tablets of flesh that is our heart. Grace not only forgives our failure before the law, but it works to develop personal holiness at the very core of our being. 
So these words, they work, they transform to bring true holiness in our lives. Look at Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 16 goes like this. This is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws. That's what Jesus said. He said, I will put my laws where? In the heart. Do we understand? So God wrote the laws outside. But Jesus, what did he say? I will put the laws within your heart. That's the difference. And he says, I will give you the Holy Spirit which is within you, within you, which will help you. How amazing is that? So, implanted in our inmost being. This is what the new covenant is. That grace accomplishes. That is in my heart and your heart. So, what hope do we have through the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ? God transfers His holiness from an outside standard to an internal resource. Now the Lord is being making His holy requirements an internal part of our being as we humbly trust in Him. So what happens is this is transferred, the outside is transferred to our hearts within which will make us holy. How beautiful is that through the grace of God. And the word confirming is this. Philippians chapter 2 verses 13 to 15 goes like this. For it is God works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. Do all things without complaining and disputing that you may become blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation. Now it's getting more interesting church. Very, very interesting. I want you to listen because this is so very important, so very good. So the word which is written in our flesh will transform us. So how will this transform us? Look at this word. Number two, his word transforms us. 2 Corinthians chapter 3 verses 12 to 14 goes like this. Therefore, since we have such hope, we have great boldness of speech, unlike Moses who put a veil over his face, so that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the end of what was passing away, but their minds were blinded for until this day the same veil remains unlifted in the reading of the Old Testament because the veil is taken away in Christ but even to this when Moses is read a veil lies on their heart okay this I'll explain to you <clears throat> so when we are born again there is something that you and I have to do as well now, when Moses wanted to meet the Lord, what did he do? He had to climb. He had to climb the mountain. So when he climbed the mountain, the more he got close to God, and when he was near God, what happened? There was a glow on his face. The more and more closer that he got to God, his face became so glorious. That was the glow. But when he came down the mountain, 
the glow faded away. The glow faded away. So what did he do? He wore a veil covering his face. So you and I, what can we learn? All of us have mountains to climb to get closer to God. We have mountains. Mountains can be anything which is a barrier to get close to God. When somebody is feeling a little not good, they may say, no, I don't want to go to church today. There is a procrastination. You don't want to be there. So when you want to read the word, you say, no, I will read tomorrow. And so these are the little mountains that we have. Then when we had to climb these mountains, they said, no, this is a priority. I want to draw close to him so that I will have more of him. When we do that, we will have more and more of Jesus. That is important for you and for me. Secondly, we also see here that the veil in front of our face needs to be removed. So that we can truly see what God has for you and for me. Our spiritual hearts need to be open. We need to know that we are born again. Number three, we are getting into the most important part of it. The beautiful part of our learning this morning is this. <clears throat> Number three, the mirror corrects and changes our image. So I'm going to uh, do a little... Uh, uh, what my uh, wife does in school, I want to do that. Uh, show and tell. Now, uh, I want to call James here. And um, James, uh, please come. Can you see yourself in the mirror now? Yes. How do you look? You look good. Really? Okay, now, now cover yourself with this. Cover yourself face with that. Yes. Can you see yourself? No. You can't. Okay. Did everyone see this? Okay. Right. Thank you. Thank you, Ruth, for your mirror. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, James. Now, you know, women take a long time in front of the mirror. Amen. <laughs> They would stand for probably hours in front of the mirror and, you know, adjusting this. And when they go in front of the mirror, yes, there is so much to adjust. A makeover. <laughs> men, yes, men also stand in front of the mirror. Why? They want to see their muscles. <laughs> they want to go and do some exercise, look at the muscles and see, oh... As, 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 as my shoulders improve, as my, you know, you know, biceps, triceps, whatever, so, you know, they look at yourself and say, okay, are these better or not? They'll exercise. Every time they exercise, they have to go into the front of the mirror and to see, okay, do I look better? So, two ways in people look at the mirror, but there is something else the Word of God does. Okay, so, <clears throat> we look at the mirror for a makeover, for a change. Something that, uh, you know, uh, Manju and I love to watch is the Living Channel. 
And in the Living Channel, you get a lot of things about architecture and makeover and all that. And we enjoy uh, watching that. And these makeovers are so good. They bring the entire house down and they have a real makeover. And that's what happens to your life and my life. When there is a born-again experience, there is a makeover, there is a change. That change is important. Now, I'm going to talk about this change, how it can happen to you and to me. Let's look at the verse, let's look at the mirror, what James did, what the mirror did. Let's look at all that and apply into our lives and to see how God can change you and me. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. But we all, with unveiled faces, beholding as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord are being transformed. The glory of the Lord is being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. So what is happening here? The more we look at the mirror, what do we do? The more we adjust ourselves. The men are not happy. The more we look at the mirror, the more we adjust ourselves and see how we are. But we saw James wearing a veil and if we have a veil in front of our face, we cannot adjust ourselves because we don't see who we are. The mirror is the thing which will show you who you are. When you go in front of the mirror, you won't think that you're Michael Jackson or anyone. You will say that you are Theo Nyagam in front of that mirror. It's important for us to understand the mirror will show who you are. And what is the mirror? Mirror is the word of God. Wow, does the transformation happen? The transformation happens because when we are born again, God births the spirit within you, which is a computer within. And that computer within will click when you look at the word of God, that the transformation happens just like that. And then you're able to understand what God wants you to, to know. I'll give you an example. How many of you have used calculators? All of us have used calculators. <clears throat> okay. We say that we, we want to know a mathematical uh, calculation. <clears throat> 100 plus 100. And we click in 100 plus 100. And then we put it on the, we put it on the calculator. And there pops on the screen, oh, 200. So on the screen, we have 200. Okay, <clears throat> now how did all this happen? That calculator inside, and all as all the mechanisms, it has the formula within, when you put 100 plus 100 to make it 200 and show it on the face. Do we understand that? So, what is in me and in us is that computer, 
which has all the formulas inside, within, right inside, to give you all the answers. Now, I told you that there is something which shows you all the answers and it just pops up. Where is that? That is the Word of God. When you click all these numbers and when you look at the word of God, that pops up with the answer. That pops up with the answer. If you don't then use the word of God, we will not have those answers. So, when we understand this process, that inner there is, that Holy Spirit, which is able to lead and guide us, through all these situations that we come across in this world, then there is the transformation. There is a makeover. There is a makeover. We are able to change because we go in front of the mirror with whatever situation that we have. When we go to a function, we look at the mirror and we adjust ourselves. So, just like that. So when we go anywhere, what we will do is we go to the mirror, the word of God, and we will look at it and say, what does the word of God say? And then the Lord will speak to us through the word of God. But what happens in this world is this, that the evil one will say, no need of reading the word. Just go to church on a Sunday, hearing a message would do. No, that's not enough. The message will take you to the car park and out of the car park it's all forgotten. Until next Sunday you have to be rejuvenated. But the word of God is a mirror. Every time. How many times do we look at a mirror? We always want to look at the mirror. Whether it is men or women. Women look at it many times. Men look at it when they want to exercise. And I can see some macho men here. <laughs> And I'm sure they would have looked at the mirror many times. Nigel, yes, you did. He's looking at me at a funny way anyway. Yes, you did. So we have the macho men as well. So macho men and women, we are going to look at the mirror, the word of God. And that word of God will correct you and me and transform us to be what God wants you and me to be. <clears throat> so, in conclusion, I started off saying that we are all accountable to God. So important for us to understand that and he has given us the Holy Spirit, which is a guarantee for you and for me to know that. And having known that, today, can we make a decision to say, Lord, I want to be transformed. Because it is not you and I who can do the transformation in us. It is Jesus who can do the transformation. That is he who can transform us through the word, which is the mirror. 
That's why the word came into this world. That's why he has given us the word. Would we therefore meditate on the word? Only when we meditate on the word that we can be transformed. First thing that we learned this morning is this. His word is written in our hearts. It's not written on an object. It's written in our hearts. So today, when you go home, you know that the word is written in our hearts. But you need to press that 100 plus 100 for you to activate that. And look at the mirror to know where you are. If you don't look at the mirror, you won't know where you are. His word transforms us. So you and I need to take that action just like Moses took that action to climb over those mountains. We will have those mountains of procrastination to say, my wife is sick, I cannot come to church. When you have a cold, you will say, no, I have a cold, I can't go. Those are mere excuses. The mirror corrects and changes our image. The mirror corrects and changes our image. The veil must be removed when we read the word. The veil must be removed to read the word. Only then we will be able to read the word. If the veil is there in front of your face, you and I will not be able to remove, to read the word. Today, church, can we make, can we make a decision? Lord, I have procrastinated. I have gone the wrong way. Today, Lord, I want to be transformed. I want to be truly transformed. I want to be a man, a woman, to walk in your ways, to be a disciple. Church, only if I am transformed, then I can go and give the message to others. If I am not transformed within, I will not be able to go and give the word to others. I will always give an excuse. So first, the transformation has to happen to me. That's why I repented before this word. Because the Lord spoke into my heart in all my failures. Because the mirror shows exactly where I am. So the mirror showed where I am with the Lord. I want to be open to you, my church. The mirror showed where I am with the Lord. So, let the mirror show every one of us where we are with the Lord. And let's go before the Lord and say, Lord, help me where I am. So that transform me, God, by the grace that you have given me. Transform me. So that, you know, I can be transformed to be a child of you. I also have given a lot of excuses. I have procrastinated. I am not a perfect man. 
I have done all the wrongs, but God, through his grace, has corrected me. And it will happen to all of us. It will happen to all of us. It is a process that we have to follow. We have to pass the first test to get to the second class. If there are 10 grades, you can't start from grade 10 and come to grade 1. You have to go from grade 1 to grade 10. And every, when you want to get to the grade 2, there is an exam. And, and the Lord gives us also exams. Those tests, those trials that we have on the way. Those are the tests. Those are the trials that we have to go through. Shall we pray? And you know, at this particular time, I want every one of you to look at yourself in the mirror. Look at yourself in the mirror and ask yourself, Lord, where am I today? Where am I today? Am I truly with you? Be honest. Only the mirror will tell you exactly where you are. Only when I look at my, the mirror, I can see all, you know, the scars or whatever, little wrinkles here, there, now I'm getting, I can see all that. Those days, you know, when I look at the mirror, that's when I can see. Otherwise, I think, oh, I'm still, you know, very young. But when I go in, in front of the mirror, I see the little wrinkles. So, when we just go into prayer, let's see, ask God, Lord, what are those wrinkles in my life? What are those? Lord, today I want to be transformed. I want to draw close to you. I, today I understand what, what born again is. There is something beyond born again. And I want that, Lord. Help me. Help me. Help me. So that's what I want to do. And those who are, you know, all of us, I said I repented. And I prayed. And I asked the Lord before sharing this message. So any one of you who are going through some challenges or process can come. There will be enough pastors here to pray for you. Pray with them so that they can encourage you. Shall we?